think the the growth of Rocket Pool has been great. Like it's been really wonderful to see. Um, the Lido thing, as each day goes by, I think more and more people are paying attention to it and getting worried about it. Welcome back, Rocket Poolers, to another episode of the Weekly Orbit. Uh, this is the week ending June 17th, 2023. My name is Pat. I'm here with my co-host, Wack, who's been on special assignment the last week. Um, here on the Weekly Orbit, we send our correspondents to all four corners of the globe looking for Rocket Pool news and research. So what have you come up with? <laughs> A whole bunch of stuff to cover today, Pat. Like, there's no shortage of news in the Rocket Pool land, so... I yeah, know. Even during the time. quote slow weeks in news, um, there's always stuff going on with Rocket Pool. It's growing, and um, you know, t this week the markets were kind of, you know, bouncing. I mean, a lot of volatility, and we got that to talk about as well. Absolutely. So, um, I'm gonna share my screen, and we'll jump right into the weekly stats. Sounds um, good. So this is one of your favorite topics, and. <clears throat> I'm going to start with the deposit pool, and then we're going to talk about uh, a couple other things on here. You know, we do yeah. this every each week. Um, you know, this week uh, we're at. Let's take a look at the the daily deposits from the last seven days. We've gone down to three digits uh, a, a couple times there, June 12th mm -hmm. and 13th, um, and then bounce back up, and then it looks like we're, you know, between uh, a, you know 1500 and. 2,500. So the initial um, big FOMO into our ETH seems to be kind of uh, plateauing a little bit as expected. Mm -hmm. uh, any thoughts? Yeah. So this week has definitely been like the slowest week since um, Shanghai and Atlas um, happened, <clears throat> you know, the, the forks and upgrade. And the the balance between the inflows and outflows into Rocket Pool are still looking good. Like you know, we've the deposit pool is empty. We've got one hundred and forty five people waiting in the in the queue uh, as as validators. Um, but that is clearing quite quickly. Um, it's 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 moving along. Sadly, it's just the pace of moving along has has slowed down a little bit. And you can see on this chart as well that it's kind of like um, that vertical period of growth, like was huge and now it's just starting to flatten a tiny little bit but i don't think that's a bad thing i think um it's just it's normal like as we go through the cycle and you have to remember as well that like you know crypto as a whole is getting a lot of negative attention right now and there's a lot of eyes on it in in a negative way so that means that you know that um, interest kind of cools down a little bit and this also happened last summer you know when there was all the collapses of the um, 3ac and um you know the the summer was just really really slow last year and it might be a slight mirroring of that but the amazing thing to think about though is that you know there's still growth happening we're still getting hundreds of mini pools coming through we're still getting thousands of eth deposited per day on average um which is amazing and we're getting you know more eth in a day than we did in some months um during last summer so like, you know, even like, you know, 2000 is better than some months that we had last summer. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it's not great, but it's still really good. If that yeah. makes sense. And yeah. one thing we haven't gone over uh, much is how are the, you know, we, we started out with a number of node operators 
if I recall, where were we before Atlas? Were we at 20... around 22, 2300 somewhere around there? Yeah. So now yeah. we, this week, we just went up to, uh, we're at 2900. That's right. Yeah. 2900 node operators. Yeah. So, yeah. um, as you can see, like, you know, the, the April and May has been a huge increase in node operators, like over, like in June as well, of course, that's like over seven, six hundred, seven, seven hundred already, basically, since, since that's happened. So we've gone up by a good 25, 30% in that time. And that's really, really good. You know, like yeah. it's very respectable. Yeah. We're getting over 50 a week, um, mm -hmm. you know, looking at the last couple of months of history, yeah. you know, the, the week after Atlas, we had 90 and then 51 and 74, 84, 57, 64 this week, yep. 43. So um, that's good as well. And then what's interesting too, this chart, uh, mini pools by per node operator and mm -hmm. the median is too many pools per node operator. Okay. The average is 8.43, but you know, this goes to one of the core principles of rocket pool was to let more people stake or, and become a node operator by reducing the requirement from 32 ETH down to 16 and now down to eight. And you see this, you know, the majority of our node operators are small, small fish and not yep. the gigantic whales or, um, those fortunate enough who had 32 ETH to start yep. or more than 32 to start. So yep. it's good to see. I, I really like this chart. It's lovely. Like that's the whole point of rocket pool, right? Like dem democratizes staking and it helps people come in, um, with smaller sizes, like, you know, instead of 32, you can come in with 10.4 ETH, um, of, of collateral. And, um, that is wonderful because it makes it three times easier to become a rocket pool node operator than it does to be like a solo staker. And hopefully in the future, it'll get even better. Yeah. And one, um, one thing that some folks have been looking for over the last, uh, several months is, is a talk of a four ETH, uh, mini pool. And we're not, we're not going to cover it in this episode, but there was uh, some talk, I believe it was this week, where uh, there's an EIP proposal that's going to be included in the next um, Ethereum protocol upgrade, yep. which will all potentially allow for four ETH um, mini pools, but there's some work still to be done there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of research that still needs to be done to figure out how, like, you know, theft will work and how, um, like, basically MEV theft, um, but also you need like a few things to happen at the at the ethereum level and with with the eap that you mentioned that would um help that would have some really big consequences actually not just for forced exits but also for the way the order works as well so there's some really right. exciting things happening for rocket pool coming up yeah absolutely yeah um so this as we said the, this week was pretty volatile in terms of price and mm -hmm. um what's interesting is i was looking at the price this morning of eth and ETH is back up where it was a week ago. <laughs> it was around yep. 1735, I think. And mm -hmm. it it dropped um maybe a, a, over a hundred dollars. Now we're kind of back up over the week. Uh, ETH is flat after all that volatility. Uh Rocket Pool is down a little bit compared to ETH. Mm -hmm. Uh last uh week ago we we're at 0 0.025.021. And yeah. we're now at um point oh two four. That's about a five percent decline against ETH. Yep. Uh, so this, the bigger, um, like the bigger picture with this week's volatility was small, small coins, uh, really took a hit compared to, you know, BTC and ETH and rocket pool held up pretty well compared to most, but it still took a little bit of a, uh, 5% hit. 
Yeah, so Rocket Pool actually was holding on really well. If you go to the 14-day chart, I think that might give you a slightly better story. Just a little bit up um, up there, what it says for, yeah, there, there you go. So it shows that there's, there has been a kind of downtrend, right, for the last couple of weeks. But as you can see, like the, the ratio was holding up really well. Um, and then that just kind of collapsed um, on the 12th. Um, that yep. was basically due to one whale selling off a big amount. And um, we've slowly like started to trend back upward since then. But yep. we're still, you know, the the place that we were kind of hanging out at was that 0.026 range right. for quite a while. Wow. And I guess we'll see if we can like, you know, slowly claw our way back up to that. But um, that on the 12th, that was uh, the the bad the bad thing <laughs> that happened. But um, yeah, yeah just, and to that sadly, point, so what yeah. happens is when you have, there's not a lot of RPL on the market and when mm -hmm. they have a big seller and they, they sell, you, yeah. this is, you're going to get a you know big dip like that. That's and true. this chart, you know, we see this occasionally in the discord, this kind of visualizes that we've got a lot of the red on the right represents um, those who are uh, willing to sell at and these are the RPL. RPL. Yeah. yeah. This is the RPL yeah. chart. Um, this is the rate ETH ratio at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So anything above 0 0.02, let's see, one, two, three, four, 0 0.024, there's a yeah. whole bunch of folks ready to sell RPL. Mm -hmm. But then when you go below 0.024, there's almost nothing. So if some someone comes and sells 10,000 RPL, or, yeah. um, all of a sudden you're going to burn through this green part pretty fast. Whereas yeah. if you're trying to buy, there's a lot of, uh, we call this a wall. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but that, that kind of explains when you get a, a sudden dip, this is, this is kind of why, because you've got a lot more sellers at the higher prices and a lot less at the lower price and, or buyers, yeah. I should say. Buyers. Yeah. So right now this chart shows that there's very few buyers on the buy side. So yeah. the buy side liquidity is very thin. That's the language that, you know, is used. So that means, like you said, you know, if someone comes and sells 10,000 RPL, we could see big dips happen really quickly but then conversely like you can also see those increases happen quite quickly as well which is why the ratio is recovering the way it is because up until uh, 0 0.025 there's not that much on the on the buy side e either so like a decent sized buy could get you back up to those percentages it's yep. once you're in those like big thick areas that yep. it takes a lot more RPL to move up and down and that is actually what we want right we want to be in those areas of like deep liquidity so people can buy and sell like good sized amounts of RPL without um, impacting the price, the price too much. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. But it's kind of scary. Like if we, if we, you know, God forbid, if we were to get a couple of big sells today, like we could, we could really like, you know, see big dips on the ratio. But then I think there's a lot of people in the community who are waiting to buy that. As soon as we get down to those levels, people will be buying it up because they know that this is like a good opportunity now to buy here. Right. Yeah. yeah, and if you are a potential big seller, you mm -hmm. want to look at this chart because you could really um, lose a lot in the 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 spread, mm -hmm. right? The, the slippage would be huge. So yeah. you might be, if you're smart, you think, well, I I want to sell. I might have to do it in smaller increments and be careful because otherwise I'm going to uh, lose my hat on this. Well, the the best way to sell is if you think the price is going down, is to set up a wall on Uniswap where you set up a one-sided wall where you just put in RPL and you mm -hmm. set a price at which you want to sell it. Can you see those like vertical spikes? Yeah. That's pretty much what those are is people like just setting buys and sells of one-sided asset and like really like that, 
yeah, that that is the I think the healthiest way to sell on the market. So you can sell into that dip. You know, like people can buy from you in that dip, and then it's also with the buy side as well. They you can do that as well. But right. that you know, and you can move that up as the price moves up as well. So you you can sell into that, but um, or you can buy into that. Sorry, but right. um, that that's 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 sadly like the the problem with being a a slightly illiquid protocol is that like you have to take that that roughness and volatility that you don't get with things like bitcoin and eth in the same way sure sure yeah okay moving on um so how are we doing two months after atlas uh our friend um jasper <clears throat> had a nice tweet thread this week and he did he broke down the um um you know per, since shanghai uh what is the liquid staking token market look like so the day before Shanghai upgrade on April 12th, uh, Lido ETH or ST ETH had about 74% of the market of LST. Uh, Coinbase had 15.5%. Our ETH, Rockapool had 5.8%, and Frax had 1.4%. <clears throat> and two months later, um, the biggest mover was Coinbase. Uh, they lost about 25%. Uh, yep. They fell from 15.5% down to 11.5%. And um, our ETH and Frax did the, the best in terms of relative growth. Mm -hmm. um, uh, our, uh, our ETH, uh, we increased from 5.5% to 7.2%. There it is. And yep. Frax was up to 2.1%. So in absolute terms, our ETH has gained 1.4%. Um, Lido has gained 2.2%. Uh, relative terms, um, our ETH is up 25% in market share growth. So good. there's a couple of takes from this. Good to see our ETH. Um, the other take is, you know, Lido, they're, it's sticky. You know, they're, they still got three quarters of the market. And they, you know, for my, this is a bigger discussion, but my my interpretation of the folks at Lido is, yeah, they want to, they would take a hundred percent if they could, and they they're making no, they have no shame about that. They're making it clear this is a free market. We want to dominate the whole thing, and then you got the other side of folks who are saying, well, yeah, that's good, but what does this mean for Ethereum? You know, this, is this a risk? Does it pose a risk of DeFi to the protocol itself? Um, man, if there was a bug in Lido, that could have some major ripple effects. So um, that's what I took. How, how, what do you think, Wack? Yeah, I think the the growth of Rocket Pool has been great. Like it's been really wonderful to see um, the Lido thing. As each day goes by, I think more and more people are paying attention to it and getting worried about it and trying to like sound the alarm. Sadly, um, their their market share hasn't budged the way that like myself and others. I'd expected that it would. Um, I really thought that it would come down, like, you know, a sizable amount, and we just haven't seen that. And that's kind of disappointing, but um, it's just, like, I guess, you know, we wanted to see that instant hit, right? But, like, people have been saying for a while that this isn't, um, like, going to be an instant thing. It's going to take a year. It's going to take years to play out. And, um, you know, we need much better products in the market for, for them to take away share from Lido. And it looks like those people are hopefully more right than, than people like me who've been right, who just wanted that hit in the beginning. So I guess we just got to be patient. We just got to keep shipping on the rocket pool side to make it the best possible staking product we can. Um, and just keep 
keep that going you know and um as long as we're working hard and we're putting out a really good product that that works for everyone then we'll we'll see that growth for rocket pool continue and that's what right. we're here for yeah and just keep talking about the um the great attributes that rocket pool has over mm -hmm. ste you know it's more decentralized we've got 29 node 2900 node operators they have 29 yeah um we have a more diversified um uh, you got your execution clients and that, um, you know, I think what 85% of, um, node operators on Lido are running Geth, mm -hmm. right? If there's a bug in Geth and eight, I mean, that's, <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot to say there. Um, we do have a good product. I think we need to market it more let just keep pounding the pavement, talking about yeah. it, talking about how it, it's, you know, I'm all for free markets too, but I worry about at what point is there a, a, this you know a security risk to the entire ethereum protocol and um you know more folks are starting to come around to that talking about it so hopefully we'll rockable just keeps you know plugging away doing what we're doing um keep shipping making a good product uh one just one thing about um you know what some folks might look at STE and say well the apr is higher than rockable right now partly because there's um we had such an explosive amount of growth after atlas that we've got like 5000 mini pools that are sitting in the there it is pending so we got 5082 mini pools that are sitting in the beacon chain queue which mm -hmm. is right now at like 95000 yeah and well when those 5000 mini pools are sitting there they're not earning any yield and that makes the apr go down a little bit on our eth so yep. if you're if you're on metamask and you're looking at STETH or ETH, the STETH will be a little higher right now, but that, and this is why, um, you know, perhaps that's going to be like that for a few more months. We'll see how, when the peak yep. and chain comes down. Well, but to get through the 90, 95,000 Q, that takes about 45 days. Mm -hmm. So um, thankfully, a lot of that is front loaded as well because of people who joined um, either right after um, Atlas or in the days after Atlas. So hopefully it'll be like another few weeks before we really start seeing the pending validator numbers go down. Um, yeah. Ideally, you know, we just get more and more validators coming through. So we always have pending validators, but right. it's a fine balance, you know, when it's a self-correcting mechanism, the rewards go down. So then more people become node operators and then the rewards go up. So more people become RETH depositors and it's kind of back and forth. Like, yeah. It's very yeah. elegant system that they've designed um, yeah. based on supply and demand. It's, Absolutely. it's really, really wonderful. Yeah. Um, the next big item this week, there's an ongoing discussion about the ODAO. And so why don't you describe first for our listeners, what is the ODAO besides this funny acronym? What does it do? What are some of its primary duties? So the ODAO is the Oracle DAO, which is one of the two branches of um Rocket Pool's kind of like government, I guess you might want to say. Um, the PDAO um, is like the people DAO, so I like to say, and then the ODAO is the Oracle. Um, and basically the PDAO is just all the node operators and the Oracle DAO are um, a group of, I think, 18 or 20 entities slash people who perform duties for Rocket Pool um, on, on chain that is vital to the operation of Rocket Pool. So the one of the most important things they do is something called a scrub check to make sure that people who want to become node operators are doing so in the right way. They're not breaking any rules in that process. There's no way to do that um, autonomously at the moment, like automatically at the moment, because what happens is
there's certain actions that take place on the consensus layer. There's certain actions that take place on the execution layer. And there's no way for the execution layer to talk to the consensus layer. So that is why the Oracle DAO exists, is to bridge that communication gap. Now, there's other things that they do as well, where they um, kind of vote on upgrades and they... Um, they expand or like contract their own their own um, uh, group, the Oracle DAO, and um, they also report balances and uh, prices. So they definitely do have duties that they do. Um, most of that are automated duties that happen through their version of the smart node stack. So as long as you know they they have their node running, then everything kind of just happens the way it's supposed to, and there's some involvement that they have to do, but not all that much. Now, the main thing about the ODAO is that, that people bristle at is one, that it can be a centralizing force. So because there's only, you know, 20, 18, 19, somewhere around that number, ODAO members, they could technically collude um, with each other and put through bad, mm. bad information and really mess up mm. Rocket Pool as a protocol, like massively, mm. um, you know, Almost all the members, I think all the members are doxxed. All the members are, you know, belong to reputable um, companies or groups. You know, we have um, execution and consensus clients on there. We have um, teams like Etherscan, um, also like very prominent community members like Anthony Sasano, the Daily Guay, the Bankless team, um, a Superfiz with yeah. representing ETH stakers, uh, the Rocket Scientists, of course, the Rocket Pool team themselves have four ODAO nodes. So when you keep when you put all that information you know in mind, then those people have got a lot to lose by colluding, um, you know, outside of just Rocket Pool. But it's definitely definitely a concern. So um, you know, as the PDAO as a community, like you know, we want to minimize the ODAO as much as possible because we don't want there to be elements of trust. In, in rocket pool right like we want it to be as trustless as possible right right now like you know there are definitely elements of trust within within rocket pool like i don't think they're as um significant as you know some of the detractors might like to point out um but it's it's real though right like you yeah. know it, it it's, it's it's a real thing so um the eip that we mentioned earlier mm. will actually help towards um removing some of the ODAO duties, which would be amazing, uh, which means that we, you know, we would reduce our dependency on the ODAO, which which would be a huge, huge step forward for Rocket Pool. Right. And so um, our friend Vale, he has really taken up the uh, duties of going through the, some draft um, changes to the ODAO, and there's a lot right. of community discussion. Um, one of the big things is um, how do we evaluate the um, financial rewards to the ODAO members. And they are um, there's talk of reducing the amount that's going to them from what they currently get. Um, why don't you can you expand on that a little bit? What what is it that the ODAO currently receives? And yep. what are some of the couple of the suggestions that the community has put forward? So the ODAO receives um, a payment in terms of RPL. So they receive 15% of RPL inflation gets divided out amongst all our members. Now, what does that mean? 5% annually, right? Yeah. So, so the RPL is growing. It's at like 19 and a half million RPL in the universe, and it's growing yeah. by 5%. They get 15% of that 5%. 
That's right. And then 70% of that goes to node operators and the other 15% goes to the PDAO <clears> where um, it gets divided out amongst the incentive management committee, the uh, grants management committee, and also like a rainy day fund that gets put aside as well. So that is where the inflation goes. Now, what's happened is at different points in Rocket Pool's existence, the amount Okay, so the amount of RPL stays the same, but it gets divided out amongst more people as, you know, the order expands. But what's happening is that the RPL token has increased in price considerably compared to at different points in its in its existence. Not at launch. I mean, at launch, it was like nearly at $60. So that was really high, but that yeah. price didn't last that long. And it went all the way down to like $7.5 or $8 in that period as well. But they still got the same number of RPL, right? So that didn't change. When the RPL price is high, then a whole lot more people complain about how much they're getting paid compared to when the RPL price is low. And that's that's fine. But, you know, most of us expect that the price, you know, will, will stay up from here, except maybe, you know, some small periods of downturn potentially but mm. for the majority of the future you know we expect price growth so at that point the the question becomes like you know do we really want to pay these people like literally like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for just running a box at home right Pretty one much. could argue on one end well if you got a billion dollar protocol and you're paying someone three hundred thousand dollars i mean that's yeah. that's fractions fractions of a percent to help secure that billion dollars on the other hand you could say, well, that's true, but they're also, you know, the run in a box that kind of runs itself, right? How much mm -hmm. actual work are they doing? They're doing some work to maintain the box and everything. However, um, so that's that's where the discussion is, right? What what is what's fair? What's a fair market value of helping to secure the rocket pool protocol? I think everyone agrees that the number should be reduced. Yeah. But I think the main discussion that's going on is like, how do we do that, right? Like, we can't just be like, let's reduce the number. So the the idea that, you know, Val and other members of the community have kind of worked towards, and I don't want to like name names because there's so many names of people who've done so much work on this. But um, the idea is, you know, working towards a constitution for the ODAO. It was one of the main priorities on the roadmap from the team uh, post Atlas and Shanghai is that, you know, this is what we want to work on. Um, getting the constitution set. So we all work from the same page to make sure that you know we're doing the right stuff right. and then after that um we can change how it looks so there's yeah. a whole lot of discussions going on about about what it will look like how it will act what it, how much i'll get paid and all of that kind of stuff going forward so yeah and with this eip that may that may help reduce the amount that we re rely on the ODAO, which means yep. that they you could reduce the amount that they're compensated because they're doing less duties because we don't no longer need them for um, as much as we used to. I guess the end goal is that our uh, rocket pool becomes completely trustless. It's its code is out on the internet. It's immutable, and there's no team and <laughs> and no ODAO, and it's just running. Uh, that's the long term goal, I guess. I right? do I don't think the code will be immutable. Um, I think because, you know, um, Rocket Pool has to respond to changes that happen on the Ethereum, uh, like main main network on the, on, the, on the Ethereum beacon chain. Um, as long as there's, you know, as long as Ethereum is not ossified, then Rocket Pool can't ossify. We still have to like, you know, um, work towards um, the changes that are happening. And we're still in the growth phase for Rocket Pool. So right. I don't right. think we should work towards ossifying yet. 
And potentially in the future, you know, we will, uh, and that would be amazing. But I don't think that should be a priority right now. So no. there are certain things that, you know, we'll, we'll need to keep working on, but we can definitely hopefully in the near future take big steps towards removing a lot of the duties from the ODAO and that would be good for everyone like yeah the, right the protocol yeah, I'm, the I'm always thinking more like decades down the road right where ethereum mm -hmm. is now essentially it's done right mm -hmm. and there's no more upgrades so rockapool is just it's kind of hand in hand because it's a staking mm -hmm. protocol mm -hmm. and it might be done at that point too um yep. by then we'll have gray hair and probably be dead <laughs> so but in right now as you said we're in a growth stage so this constitution is really um it's going to, it's it's going to take a lot of of uh, discussion but i think you know my my high level was that there's a lot of people who are uh, putting forth good proposals in good faith as as normal with really you know really smart um uh, comments so i'm i'm looking forward to this this is this is going to evolve over time but i know it's one of the main goals um now that atlas is shipped some of the focus is going to be on the ODAO and how how can we make it better and more efficient? Yep, absolutely, and that's pretty exciting. Right. Yeah. So I I've uh, I'll link a couple of this. Um, there's a Discord discussion here. I'll link in the YouTube description. Um, so you know, take a look if you're watching this. We'll read through it. Um, there's a lot to read and uh, comment because this is a good time to comment on these things. Yeah. Okay. Next, uh, Eigenlayer. A lot of talk about this over the last uh, several months. <clears throat> it has now it's gone went through its testnet and its first kind of guarded launch on mainnet has uh, happened this week. Um, there's a link we'll have in the YouTube description. Uh, so essentially, they are allowing um, they had they're allowing folks to um, stake their STETH. RETH or CBETH up to uh, 2,900. Uh, so you could, if you had, once the 2,900 maxes out, you can't, no more uh, uh, RETH could go in. And that the same goes for STETH and CBETH. And uh, it filled up within hours. It was quick. Here's my question, Wack. <clears throat> what do you get if you were one of the first early birds and you staked your RETH into Eigenlayer? What's the point? <laughs> okay, so I, that's one thing I'm trying to figure out, and I I think it's great that they launched, but I I'm I'm, I'm kind of mystified about okay, so what did this what would this do? So I don't know. <laughs> like the honest <laughs> answer is like I don't know. Um, there's not I don't know how they can use those staking tokens LSTs to provide security because that's not the purpose of the staking tokens, right? Like that's not that's not what their goal is. Um, so I don't know how what mechanism that they they're presenting to say that you know this is providing security um in all honesty like i think it's just fancy jargon um at this point so their stage one launch is um 3200 not 2900 oh, pardon me. that's okay of those tokens um it filled up really quickly and i think the the main reason why it filled up is because people are airdrop hunting and mm -hmm. they think that they'll get eigenlayer tokens when they they come out and that's why they're doing it. The next step is when they go to stage two, which is when the node operators get involved. So then they'll be running the eigenlayer software on their nodes. That is, and they'll change their withdrawal address from, you know, the current withdrawal address to the eigenlayer withdrawal address, which itself brings up issues with how it's going to integrate with Rocket Pool and if it's going to integrate with Rocket Pool, because mm -hmm. Rocket Pool, of course, you know, have, as you said, 
um, the the contract work in such a way that it goes through the 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 rocket pool systems, you know, before it comes to you. Right. So, at what point does Aguilera get involved with that? Who gets first dibs on on what's coming out? You know, when you exit staking, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered about Aguilera. This first step, I think, is just a whole lot of like um, theater. And that's that's honestly like my frank assessment um, is that this is theater. The second layer, the second stage, that might be more interesting once you know node operators actually running the software. Right. But right. at the moment, it's just uh, look, look, we we got ten thousand yeah um, ETH worth of um, tokens locked up. Right, and uh, for folks out there, the eigenlayer, the kind of the purpose of it was. Hey, we you can outsource if you're a new protocol, if you're a layer two, if you're an oracle, you can outsource your security using existing ETH that's staked. Uh, that's mm -hmm. the kind of the uh, big idea, um, because yeah. getting security for your protocol is it takes a lot of time and it's really expensive. So Eigenlayer saying, hey, well we've got billions of dollars of ETH already staked. How about if we could leverage that and instead of creating your own uh, ecosystem of stakers over here you can just well you use the existing stakers that's kind of the big idea of it which is yeah. uh, really intriguing how they do that that that's that will i get to be seen we'll see how that yeah. works out well and with the node operators it's a lot clearer to see, see how that might work with this current stage of just depositing lsts it could be like they could have deposited anything right you could deposit yeah. ETH, you could deposit like Dogecoin, like whatever those <laughs> exactly yeah as long as you know if they're just a matter of locking up economic value then I, I don't see how how this stage makes sense but hopefully you know the second stage makes a lot more sense sure okay on to another uh, tweet thread by our friend jasper uh by the way he just puts out such great content every week i mean he folks if you're not following jasper the friendly ghost dot eth on twitter you should because I get a lot of, we get a lot of content from him. Um, he is a prominent community member. He's out there putting out great tweets every every day, it seems. Um, but anyways, he just wanted to uh, remind folks that our ETH is now available on Polygon ZK EVM uh, with the help of Balancer. So <clears throat> this is great because our ETH is available, of course, on Optimism, it's Mainnet, Optimism, Arbitrum, um, recently, a couple of weeks ago, it was um, ZK Sync Era, and now it's on Polygon ZK EVM. So uh, our ETH, it's going everywhere, and it's great to see. Absolutely. And the great thing is as well, like, you know, it's integrating with all these apps on their twos. So um, Aave just uh, passed uh, their vote for uh, our ETH uh, to be available as like a borrowing lending uh, on, on Arbitrum. And that kind of stuff is going to happen more and more on other layer twos as well. So it just means that, you know, people can get access to staking rewards as much and it be very effective at much smaller amounts than on mainnet because on right. mainnet, you know, you have to count factor in the gas costs and it makes it expensive, right? Like you can't transact with like a hundred dollars worth of our ETH, whereas on layer twos, because the gas costs are so low, like it doesn't eat into your efficiency as much and that will open up um, staking to a whole range of bunch of people who just can't get access to it now. So it's really wonderful that that is happening. And yep. I'm really happy that um, 
all of these protocols are really like taking steps towards getting our ETH on um, these networks. Sure. Yeah. It's no matter what network you go to, you know, our ETH will be there now making sure there's enough liquidity. That's um, that, that'll be a, um, and that's, and that's where people like balance are coming, right? Cause they're yeah. the ones who are, they're getting that liquidity there. They're incentivizing it and they'll, they'll get a lot of people going there because the rewards will be so juicy. Like they'll be, they'll be really good for at least a while until it kind of plateaus, but there's definitely um, a lot of nice, nice rewards there. Sure. And let's bring up the last thing today we're going to talk about is the, a special 200th episode raffle by uh, our co-host Wack on the rocket on, on his uh, great podcast. Um, it's amazing. It's 200 episodes. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, wow. Have time, time goes by so quickly. Now you had a raffle on at the 100th episode, as I recall, yep. this one is turning out to be um, pretty good. Do you want to, I'll talk us out through um, what's what we should expect this coming Thursday, I think, right? Thursday. At, at the, the way it stands at the moment, it's on Thursday that there'll be a raffle. Um, as things stand right now, there's over $2,500 worth of prizes in there in terms of RPL and ETH. There's also a whole bunch of NFTs as well. So, you know, I've been I've been like kind of reaching out to the community at every step about how we should like do this process, like um, how it should work. And this was really funny because, you know, I said there's a raffle, like there's... Um, this the the big amount of money that can be won and how should I divide the prizes, right? Should I have fewer big prizes or should I have more smaller prizes? Because it's nice to win, right? And like, I think um, having more people win is definitely nice. So yeah. my personal inclination was to go towards more prizes that were smaller. Mm -hmm. um, the community is like totally split. So as you can see, the vote was 17-17. <laughs> so that didn't help at all. No, I think I want, I still haven't decided on this and I want to do that this weekend is what I'll probably decide on is that we'll have um, a couple, maybe two big prizes of $500 each and then like 15 to 20 smaller prizes of like $100. Now that means, you know, there'll be about 20 to 30 prizes in total. And when you realize that there's only six, 70 people, I think who've entered the raffle at the moment, that mm -hmm. is really Good odds. Really good odds of winning. So um, the way that you can enter the raffle is by being a rocket pool, rocket fuel contributor. So every month, you know, there's a list of people who contribute to Rocket Fuel. They get a pop. They get their own raffle of that has a thousand dollars of prizes every month um, that I give out. Now for this one, so those people they get free entry. However, for this one, there's all you know to make it inclusive for the community. There's also the chance of you buying a special two hundredth episode pop. In that pop, um, that will also grant you an entry ticket for the raffle as well. So if you are just playing the odds, like I, know, I I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to Sybil attack my raffle, please don't. But like for a person who's playing the odds, you know, a five dollar entry ticket gives you pretty much a fifty percent chance of winning a hundred dollars, which is yeah. which is like when you run the math on that, that's like ridiculous. Like that, those, <laughs> those are incredible returns, absolutely incredible returns, right? So um, yeah, so like. They, buy the ticket. Uh, yeah, so you buy a ticket through. I'll I'll post the link on the on the show notes. Um, yeah, it's a pop. Like you buy the pop through pop checkout, and then you enter the raffle through the pop raffle as well. So it's pop fun slash whatever raffle number it is. Like I think one thousand eight hundred seventy seven or something. I don't know. I forgot the number, but okay. it's something like whatever the number is, right? So you buy the pop, you enter the raffle, and then on Thursday slash Friday slash Monday the following week. Whenever you know I record the 200th episode, the raffle will take place in the episode live. Also, anyone can watch along with the link, and um, hopefully, like, well, 
a lot of people will, will win actual money and a whole bunch of people win NFTs as well. So um, the prize pool is really nice right now. And um, right. I think that, um, yeah, people just haven't realized just how nice the odds are of winning, right? Because you buy the POAP, $5, you got 50% chance of winning $100. Like that is, <laughs> you're not going to get those odds on any other lotteries out there. So um, no, no, it's good. And uh, you know, one thing that uh, crypto folks, uh, DGENs, they love to gamble, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Right? And I think that poll is interesting. Whereas you get like, you know, more, I think average folk would be like, oh, I think more smaller prize would be better. And then you got the DGENs are like, no, man, I want it all. Like, what do I need to do? I want to get the, the top prize, put yeah. it all in, you know? Yeah, I th I think that um I'll try to cater to both of those sets. So there'll be uh, prizes, a couple of big prizes, and a lot of small prizes. So I think I my personal opinion is just nice when people win, and the more people that win, the nicer it is. So yeah, I I I'm, that that's where I come from. And it's like, wow, yeah. if I've won ten bucks, that'd be great. You know, that's how I. I but, yeah, I just want to take a quick moment as well to give a shout out to a few people who sure. have donated um, like considerable amounts. Um, I'm not going to mention names because I, I, I'll miss people and I don't want to offend anyone because everyone's been so generous. But a whole bunch of people have like donated a big, big amounts of RPL. Like a few people have donated like 10 RPL um, and like NFTs and all sorts. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the generosity of our community. Like it's, it's really amazing. It is. It's great. And um, that's one of the best things about Rockapool is that it's got such a strong social layer and um that you know hopefully folks if you're watching this try to go to um the next conference next year in denver you'll get to meet all the folks that you see who are working day in and day out um whatever level of contribution they're doing and um that's one of the best things about rock pool that that's one thing that we have that lido doesn't have folks is is this social layer so um, become part of it, uh, contribute your time, um, join the raffle and maybe you get lucky. It's not just that, like there's so many people in the community who have donated their time and then have gotten rewards for it afterwards, you know, like not doing it for the expectation of a reward, but getting a reward anyway. And right. that's happened so many times. And like, th that's what's happened with me as well, right? Like I donated my time and then I got rewarded for it. And, um, other people have done that as well. And, you know, no one's going to, um, the good things happen for the people who do the work. So go do the work. Absolutely. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode of the Weekly Orbit. Um, like and subscribe. We're on your favorite podcast platform as well. Uh, don't forget about that. Um, we will be back next week with everything Rocket Pool. Uh, Whack is raffle. Hopefully is this Thursday. Make sure you join that. And uh, perhaps on the next episode, we'll be talking about the winners. Uh, who, uh, but until then, Wack, have a good week. And Thanks, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.